All right. You guys like that? You want to go with that? Yeah. Why are we mad and what are we mad at? This is Seriously Seagal. Yes! Well oh, done, boys. Yeah. Nice. Nice well, intro, gentlemen. That was a, we haven't done a three-way intro like that yet. That was really nice. That was nice. my first But threesome. we have done three ways. hey <laughs> All right. And with that, welcome to Seriously Seagal, episode nine, where we're talking about the 2001 film, Exit Wounds. We are very excited. This movie was completely insane. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was pretty wild. And in many ways, the ultimate Seagal movie. I will stake the claim that this is the ultimate Seagal movie in many, many ways. Okay, let's, intro- okay. let's introduce ourselves. Of I, of course, am P-Bear, drummer for the Van Burens. To my right, wearing his, his customary Lenny Kravitz-style shawl. This is Flavor, sax player for the Van Burens. I'm going to toss it over to my right. And we get uh, Mr. Smitty over here, man in the ship. How's your podcast nose today? It's, it's okay. Question. It's more of a podcast voice. It's hoarse. <laughs> Smitty was getting hoarse. after it at the game yesterday. Actually, both of our co-hosts were getting after it yesterday at the game. Rooting for the Patriots. Patriots Indeed. beating the Seahawks. Getting loud. Chiefs, I mean. The Chiefs. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, and okay, here we are. Exit Wounds. A totally insane movie uh, yeah. uh, from beginning to end. Just think back to the beginning of this movie, you guys. Do you remember what it was? The it extreme was anti-gun propaganda. Oh, oh interesting. Is that, how you, is that how you read that one? <laughs> interesting. It was the uh, vice president making a speech about gun control in Detroit. In the city of Detroit, where this film takes place. Talking about illegal guns ending up in the hands of our children. Mm-hmm. Some and also that, uh, I forget, he said some stat about more preschoolers are killed by guns than something else. Than police. Yeah, 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 than police are. That one might be true. It's odd how prescient this movie actually is for our times. How many preschoolers are Yeah, it, you know, I mean, it's like 15 years old at this point. It's but it's right, right. Bef- it's, Yeah, it's 2001, know. May of 2001, a pre-9-11 9/11 action movie. Mm-hmm. So it's still really fun and really ridiculous. And what and a DNS. glorious looking Seagal. My, oh God. my God. He was still guys, pretty svelte. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. Seagal looks great in this movie. Still, yeah. With the so el- good, right off good. the bat, the entrance with the El Camino is <laughs> He's got the amazing. black El Camino. He's wearing a black suit, which we really <laughs> haven't seen from him before. He had kind of, his career had kind of gone downhill for a little while yeah. uh, for the four, five years previous to this, but this was kind of his comeback. Yeah. And it was a successful movie. And it's pretty great. This is the number one film of that weekend. Oh, Rush, that's <laughs> awesome. I could see why. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I was, I'm so jacked up after this movie. I was like, this is, this is awesome. So this first scene, I feel like, is almost a nod to some of Seagal's other ridiculous action movies. Um, where, yes, the vice president of the United States is making a speech about gun control in Detroit. <laughs> Um, Seagal shows up late to the speech. Yep. Uh, Bruce McGill playing the commission kind of gives him an, oh, you know, come on, Seagal kind of look. Yeah, and Seagal's like, what, what can I do? And Bill Duke sitting next to uh, Bruce McGill, and he's like, oh, this guy. Yeah, <laughs> this guy this again. Guy. We love him, but he's unorthodox. Um, Seagal notices a gentleman wearing an earring, and this sets off an alarm in his head. He doesn't do anything about no, it. He, his he Seagal senses stares. were tingling. But his cigar senses were tickling, exactly. And there, was, so, well, there was like multiple instances of that, right? Didn't a couple? There was like a couple moments where like stuff like slowed down, and they showed like little exchanges mm-hmm. between like mm-hmm. like people and stuff. And he's like, "Oh, something's." He not could tell right. that some of the cops are maybe not actually cops. That there's a crooked scene yes. going on down here. Something's at, fishy at the vice president's speech. But wasn't it, yeah? There was another part where he just let people die as well. 
Yeah, there are several times in this movie. Whether anyone is good or bad in this movie is very hard to tell it by the end. There are so many switches of sides that you're like, wait a minute. He was a good guy three times ago, but then he killed that guy. Seagal was on Seagal's side, which is why we were able to follow him through the movie. And of course, yes, the only side to be on, baby. Dude, it's Seagal. But okay, so this vice presidential speech ends. The vice president is whisked away with mm-hmm. his police escort in his caravan. They come to a bridge and things start to go crazy when we see a helicopter. Or what does Seagal call helicopters, Rush? Uh, a skippy. Why does he call them skippies? <laughs> well, I mean, just listen to it. It's a skippy, 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 skippy. <laughs> we see a skippy That's with a smiley face marked on it that says, have a nice day. Dude, it's got a smiley face on the helicopter. Something's not right. Something. You have got to be kidding. It's Guys, so funny we're going to post, I'm going to post a picture of this for everybody. It's incredibly it's ironic. Nine weeks before we released this. And, all, and also the uh, the vice president's like, oh, look at that guy. Get a load of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <And> Joe's <laughs> like, <laughs> and this thing is just like flying low on top of the bridge right in front of him. And he doesn't even think anything of his security threat. How does it actually like, go? Yeah, right, exactly. Come on, VP. Just you like, have look more at this crazy blow cat. Up, like something sets off. They it's, start shooting at the car. And it's it a Michael Bay up, movie right? within yeah. the first 30 seconds of this right. whole thing. The, the, the helicopter opens up the smiley face door. Have a nice day. Opens machine up guns and like, firing. Yeah, exactly. And it blows up And then the also a couple of the cops on the bikes are also. Are so they, so they take out all the rest of the cops in the motorcade, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's also other guys coming in from behind them. Because Seagal captures that truck, remember? Let's oh, not that, like, forget. Delivery truck. They're like, bring in the truck. But Seagal's already, secondary Seagal, job as a dry cleaning man. <laughs> yes, yes. Seagal had already pulled up on that guy and totally wasted him. And, he like, kills the laundry truck, truck guy. And stole his hat. So he's driving around in this guy's truck <laughs> now with the hat? delivery boy's hat on. He's just like, oh. He's <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> ridiculous. This like white hat. He does it just for fun. The character Orin Boyd he does that just for fun. He doesn't need to wear his hat. It's not needed <laughs> Brutally murdered her guy. He's like, yeah, I'm going to take that hat. So he had kind of suspected that something was going to happen but he's a little late to the party his, he brings his El Camino doesn't he and he also hops in the laundry truck right everything right. blows up everything is well, destroyed on this let's, bridge let's be clear Steven Seagal assists in blowing this up by just shooting at this helicopter from yes. the one time true. he decides to get out of this laundry cl- <laughs> truck and make a delivery <laughs> it happens to be bullets headed straight to this helicopter shortly after which this helicopter blows up immediately right and I still can't tell if he was actually shooting an automatic gun or it was a pistol. It, it was, or I think it was an automatic pistol, some sort of automatic pistol. It was an infinity okay. barrel. Though. See, this goes to show you how much I know about guns. An infinity I, I was confused the entire time. Gun, gun, gun. We, need, we need a gun guy on the He took out a helicopter with that, though. Yes, he shot it in the <laughs> smiley face. Did yeah. you notice that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do you, oh, thank God. Yes, the wanton, just the wanton death and murder and bullets flying like crazy. are it, It's out of control in this scene. And so everybody's basically dead except for the vice president. Yeah. Seagal <laughs> escorts the vice president out of his limo well helicopter parts are are falling down on them raining fire and and then what does Seagal do throws him off a bridge <laughs> like, luckily sorry, there's water this underneath yeah, so what he, does he, he say exactly right like, sorry i have to do this yeah <laughs> and as as the vp's falling off there's a voiceover of i can't swim <laughs> no but one thing i have to say about that <laughs> like Seagal just like coerces the secret service into like handing over the president He's just yes. like, trust me, I'm a cop. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Vice President, you got it. You got to come with me right now. Like, man, is that Stephen Seagal? <laughs> <laughs> that's no, Stephen Seagal. Lord Boyd. <laughs> man, that's Stephen Seagal. 
But so it winds up being a bad thing ultimately. Of course, terrible idea. The VP uh, is whisked ashore in a little jetty, uh, and there's a newspaper headline that says "VP all washed up." So it was embarrassing for the vice president to be attacked by this. What, yeah, what exactly was it? Who was doing it? I don't even know. Yeah, uh, that one I don't really That's know. They said it, they said it was Michigan militants or something like yeah. that. Yeah, very organized. But I think this is actually where we get into our first overcooked eggs. You want to hit some overcooked eggs? I do, because yeah. this is where I feel very strongly that they well, kind of beat it over our head with the pan, <laughs> so to speak. All right, we're going to cook some up. Hit that music. Overcooked eggs. Overcooked eggs. Casey Ryback. Is that Casey Ryback? Serve me up some eggs, Flav. So this right after this happens where he basically messes everything up for everybody and he's back in the office... You get the first, like, I think one of the most overcooked eggs at this point, which is him being from, like, some shitty background where he's just, like, a terrible person and he's done, like, all sorts of things and, like, literally nobody can stand him. But for some reason, like, he's still employed. So his boss... But everyone kind of loves him, you know? I don't know, actually, if that's true in this movie. Well, in, in this, we'll Normally this that's scene. true with this character, but I don't know. You so, can talk about Bruce McGill right here. Yeah, well, he, he's apparently his friend. Mm-hmm. And his boss, but you know, and this kind of crosses over into the one-liners. But this is is appropriate more here, where he goes, you know, like I've been your friend and your boss for blah blah however many years, and he's like, as your friend, you don't follow orders, you're unmanageable, you don't think before you're acting, it's gonna get you killed. And then he's like, now as your boss, you're fired. Yeah, and I was like, what? <laughs> like, I love but like every time you meet with Seagal in the very beginning, and like kind of like beginning to middle-ish, like when the new commander comes in, the female. She's also like, I've heard about you. Like, you're out of control. Like, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, we get it. We well, get Raj, it. what like, it is is there's four scenes so in a row where Seagal is sitting in someone's office. Okay. And they're telling him he's an okay. unorthodox <laughs> loose cannon. <laughs> yes. Okay. It's the scene with Bruce McGill. But I must note that Bruce McGill and Seagal are both smiling the entire time. <laughs> and I wrote down, they love each other. You think they're bros? Bruce McGill, they, I think, yeah, Bruce McGill sees Seagal as a son that he never had or something like that in his character's backstory, okay, I would say. Okay. Um, and then he is immediately whisked away to another office. Whose office is it? Bill Duke. Yeah, it's to and Bill then, Duke's and office. And Bill Duke like, just like rains down on him for a bit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then he gets sent down. He gets sent to the, the 15th Precinct mm-hmm. where we meet Mulcahy. The that, new that, commander. The commander, the woman McCann. And then she begins to do her own version of that. Oh, and she's, she's so like, sexy, though. And she's it, like, uh, you know, you know, you've just in the past like year alone, you've gotten like three complaints of like use of excessive force yeah. and like all this other bullshit and stuff like that. And she says to him, uh, "I was thinking of maybe putting you at a desk." And he says, "I can't type." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you just know she loved that. She was yeah. like, "God damn it!" Seagal is so nonchalant during this whole thing, just kind of. Mostly quipping back at people yeah. and taking these huge life changes with enormous ease. Yep. He's just sent through a ringer of offices, again, for four scenes in a row uh, where people set it out for him what his situation now is. But it's an interesting turn on, I guess they do this, this is kind of an overcooked egg, um, that he's working against his authorities. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He's above the law. Yeah, he's completely above the law. But in this one, he's beside the law, and he doesn't have that much authority. Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? 
He, and he keeps what happens right, in like movie, he's not like, like an five or six times. commander that he can he, just like he text keep, somebody in a kitchen and get them to order people to come and save him. Right. He right. keeps he's he's just a cop. He's he keeps showing right up back. at these situations, starting insane shit, and then higher up saying, "Why were you there? You weren't supposed okay, to be there." Okay. Okay. Yep. Yep. Just yep. like the vice president that, thing that, that gets him in trouble. That's an overcooked egg, then, isn't it? Because he's never really been in that situation. He's always been the guy that people are bringing in or. He has the authority, and they just have to put up with his bullshit. Here, it's weird. They put up with his bullshit, but they don't have to, technically. They could just fire him. And they do fire him. Yeah. And, and yet he somehow busted yeah, down the chain of command. That's true. He was fired. I just read that. I line. don't he understand. Was fired. How yeah, is he still involved in he, all of this? He, he's just too good a cop to truly Well, no, be fired. he did become a traffic cop for a little bit. They Which brought him was back. terrible, yeah. by the way. Uh, he he is so traffic. bad Those as a traffic People got into an accident, immediately got out of their cars, and started like punching each other in the face. Raj could be like, doing yeah, it. He didn't say a word. They just started fucking going right at it. He just stared at him, too. And was just like, <laughs> oh, man. Skip, 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 skip. <laughs> you and your blanket would be a better traffic cop. Just I not paying attention at all. <laughs> just lounging on the street. Yeah, I mean, people don't want to hit somebody in a blanket. <laughs> that, that's that, true. That's the reason why. They'll that's probably why. stop and ask me where I got it, which is Lowe's. So we had some perfectly cooked eggs in this yeah, you movie know, as well. And, Shout uh, out to Lowe's. Man, this traffic cop situation... I would say he did more damage and possibly even like homicide as a as a traffic cop than he did as a like no good cop that just gets into situations and blows stuff up. Like he like the amount of like deaths like pedestrian, motorcycle, bicycle that happened that day when he was street copping it. I don't even want to know, dude. Being a street cop, he just I mean when that shit was happening, you would think that he would jump in in some sort of a fashion to help, and he just kind of was just like. I don't know. He's essentially bad at his job. Yes. He keeps showing up. At the, he's doing somebody else's job as a cop all the time, which he's not supposed to do. That is true. And he's he's terrible at kind of a very basic job. He uh, can't help job. himself. He just can't help yeah, well, himself. He's like really the opposite of Casey Ryback in this movie, where people do not want to call on him for his assistance. They're like, no. Oh. Orrin Boyd is here again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, "What's going on, Commander?" Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, we do see like, some oh, serious God. sexual tension between him and the Commander, <sighs> which is it. another overcooked you know egg. It. I love it. I love it. God. The shoehorn in love interest who ultimately nothing happens with. Yeah, we've seen that happen a few times. Even I, though I, he does yeah. get pretty sexually Seagal in this this oh, movie. Sexual. I will have to say though, uh, in terms of overcooked eggs, this this movie is like the least amount of that kind of sure, stuff. I feel sure. like. Compared to all the other stuff that we've watched so far, yes, I, I feel so like it's definitely not as obvious. Dude, he even wore just, a shirt uh, at one point, like a T-shirt. He that's wore right, non-black T-shirt. Yeah, I was yeah, like, "What yeah, is yeah, happening yeah. right now?" I thought that was because that scene was a, a reshoot between him and Tom Arnold. <laughs> yeah, and it was just Tom Arnold kind of expositioning the whole situation to him, being like, "Steven, just, you really got me doing some weird shit for this movie." Tom man. Arnold, and they're like, "Just cut out the audio and keep the video, and it looks good." He's like. Steven, Speaking what the hell is going on here? <laughs> like, what are we doing in this movie? Yeah, that was definitely a reshoot yeah. because I think the reason why there aren't that many overcooked eggs is because there are so many twists that it doesn't make sense at all. But at least they're trying something different. <coughs> it's true. Like when Spawn, when we found out that Spawn was a bad guy, that was a huge was, twist. We did not surprising. see that coming. I, I didn't. We all we all thought that he was going to end up like being the. The savior, a good guy for Seagal at some point. There's so many characters in this movie. I think we should get to some of them. Want to go to a Keith David non Seagal MVP? Oh, oh shit! Okay. okay. All right, Keith David, where is he? Call I'm him. here. But <laughs> <laughs> where? No, where is he though? Set the Keith I David can't signal. Find him. You direct me to Julia. <laughs> I can't find him. <laughs> Keith David can't find Julia. Keith David non Seagal MVP. I keep 
MVP oh, David Williams. Yeah. Who is your MVP? I have so many MVPs. It's really hard to say. I I thought that's why. Again, when we see a, a Seagal movie that we like, and I think we generally like this movie, it's because the people around Seagal are doing a good job. Sure. Um, I'm I'm gonna give mine. I'm gonna have a double to the comic relief of the film, okay. which was Anthony Anderson okay. and Tom Arnold. Okay. Okay. Uh, we meet Tom Arnold actually in the se- the fourth scene where a- an authority figure tells Seagal that he's unorthodox when Seagal goes to the one flew over the cuckoo's nest crew <laughs> of just weak-willed men with problems. And it starts with uh, the shot of just that man's face talking about a dog Talks shitting about- on the floor. He is very upset. throwing it out <laughs> yeah. the window. I think um, if Did I ever have to... That? <laughs> he, yeah, he throws it out, out yeah, the window. He, he says, out the window. Um, like, "If it was a German Shepherd, I would have been able to throw it out the window." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, what? I really, if if we were to recast this movie, I really want to play that guy. That guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to do that monologue. It's so great. It's so uncomfortable and so out of place. It's, yeah, it's really fucked up too. Um, but we meet Tom Arnold, who's a morning TV show host, who's popular yeah. in Detroit and has anger management issues, but has serious anger management problems. Yeah, and he's going to buddy up to Seagal. Not unlike his role yeah, in Yeah, you know, True I didn't Lies. really even get where it that came from. He was, he was, they were both in this therapy session, but Steven Seagal's obviously new, and like Tom Arnold just assumed that he liked, oh, you know what? It was because he saw him beat up those dudes outside. Well, also, it's like, um, again, like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Seagal is McMurphy, where he, it's, it's a lot like McMurphy, actually. Man, you're getting deep. When he, uh, <laughs> this guy is getting when, serious when he, about Seagal. He's asked, notify he is asked by the Nurse Ratchet style of female moderator to stand up and tell his story, and he has trouble getting out of his desk, and in a very oh, yeah. odd scene, <laughs> maybe commenting on Steven Seagal's yeah. weight gain, but he, he destroys his, the, he's, he's sitting in a child's yeah. desk, he stands up, the desk is still around his body, yeah. and he tears the top <laughs> off the desk. <laughs> he like breaks the chair. I was just I was saying it while it was happening and I was like he's not gonna break the chair and then he was like he literally ripped oh, yeah. the oh, yeah. he's, apart. he's gonna break the chair oh my then God. he busts outside and catches a, a rainbow coalition of street toughs getting after his <laughs> his new car uh, yep. they're carjacking it and he does this great little turnaround on them where he says uh, oh that's not how you do it yeah, he's guys like, I can get in and out real fast right, and then right. he uh, just does this little button clicky. And it's and his it, fucking car. And it's his car. It's his car. It's his new car after his, his oh, last car got destroyed. Oh, you got to be some dumb motherfuckers, man. Oh, then Tom Arnold runs out, yeah. says, hey, man, all the guys are tearing apart their desks in there. We love you. The street toughs get after him. He's like, I don't know you anymore, Seagal. <laughs> it's really just a funny little bit. That's where, Yeah, that's... that's. Oh and God, then Seagal that's beats the shit out of all those guys. Yes, he <laughs> does. <laughs> that was pretty amazing. But it gives them a licking. Really, Tom Arnold, I love him and hate him at the same time. Okay, He's yeah. both incredibly obnoxious and very good at that's, yeah, doing that's it. That's kind of how I felt about him. Uh, yeah. Anthony Anderson was just really funny, too. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed Anthony Anderson. So there was some legit humor in this movie. Anthony Anderson was doing... There are some good improvs from him. There are some bad improvs from him. He talks a lot about big chicks that he likes. And Tom Arnold and Anthony Anderson actually close out this movie with the closing credits with a completely improvised version of Tom Arnold's Saturday morning TV show. Yeah. (laughs) Where they wind up talking about a lot of scatological scatological stuff and bras and they're disgusting human beings. So... Just great, disgusting people. <laughs> Do you have a non-Segal MVP, Mr. Yeah, Flav? My, uh, my non-Segal MVP would be Bill Dukes for just showing up. 
at the Man, very end. You stole like, mine. Oh, you guys I fought it. That was going to be, yeah, dude, that was definitely my favorite. He fucking busts. In like the fucking Kool Aid man. Yes, maybe why don't you take this one? Because I got another sorry, one too. Sorry. No, 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 take <laughs> it over. Because like, I got so a different excited. one. Oh, you too. have another one? Okay. Yeah. Why don't you take your? Why oh, don't you? Oh man, what, Bill what, Duke what, though. He uh, spit Bill. He was. Spit he was. Bill Duke too. He, Do you literally, know why he's he in like three scenes. No, he's in like three scenes. He's in the beginning. We see him that one time when um, Seagal shows up late to the pres- yeah, uh, vice president's speech. We see him chew out Seagal in the office, and then we don't see him again. Until the very right end. until until, until that part where he just people. like busts through. <laughs> I don't understand why he told or reminded Seagal that he fought in Vietnam. Was that a reference to something earlier in the movie that they had discussed or joked about? Because he was like, "Hey, don't forget, he's in, I fought uh, in Vietnam." He's in platoon. Seagal was he? like, I, would, "I wouldn't doubt it." He's in platoon. He's maybe in that's platoon. a reference to that. It might be a reference to platoon. Seagal does say something about Vietnam earlier in the movie. Oh, maybe that's why. Seagal um, hates the veterans. He's just a yeah, cool. You does. know, you'd think when you saw Bill Dukes in the beginning of the movie that he would be the guy to turn. You know, he has. Yeah, he's well, I thought he was going to be evil along no with Bruce McGill. But then Hope also another cool thing about um, Bill Duke is at the end, he pretty much corners Bruce McGill and they have like a standoff. He has a shotgun. <laughs> yes. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then he just like, he just like basically just like mows him down. <laughs> this guy that he's probably worked on the force with for like 30 years. He just fucking shoots him like three so times with a shotgun. Well, and the last time is like right in the neck. <laughs> and then he's like, you're fired. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was great. Yeah, absolutely great. He uses Donald Trump's catchphrase. Yeah. Um, I think now that we went to the real MVPs, I think mine would be Eva Mendes. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. She's in two was, scenes. Yeah. I mean, she's just, I mean, killing it. Because who's running that computer company? Oh, God. This guy's making a million dollars. All the time, whatever, however many millions of dollars he's made off of this computer company. Somebody's got to be running this while he's out street thugging it and beating the shit out of people and, like, making these drug deals. I'm pretty sure Eva Mendez is running this computer company behind his back. She's a real hacker. I'd be worried, you know, next CFO meeting, I'd be concerned. Spoiler alert. I'd be concerned. DMX is an internet mastermind. He's basically Mark Zuckerberg. who, who, Who sold out right before the boom and is... (laughs) <laughs> worth a gajillion dollars, according Anytime to Tom Anytime their website Arnold. has problems, it's like him like out like taking care of Seagal's business, and they're like, "We need you back here." And he's like, "Oh God, damn it!" And he like goes back to his like hideout, and he's like decrypting and debugging stuff, and he's like, "This is fucking bullshit." Yeah, DMX is basically <laughs> Batman. Is yeah, what yeah. is what the fuck? He's is like, going I need to get Steven yeah, Seagal exactly. in this goddamn. Well, like, I can't do all of these. There's so many like turns of face, and just like I just don't understand who's working for who. It's I think just, I would have like played like chainsaw Seagal to death, and then he's like, "Actually, I'm a cop." And you're like, "You just tried to murder yeah. me with a chainsaw, bro." And then like, he ends up being before dirty. I knew you were dirty. Like you tried to kill me yeah, with a chainsaw. Yeah. That was very odd. Yeah. Yes, he says you just blew your blew an undercover cop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen, but you just blew an undercover cop here, and I like oh, it. Geez. It's stupid. I get that it. guy reminded me of Bruno Kirby from City Slickers. Oh, very much so. And I really wish he was Bruno Kirby. Yeah, he flips oh. so many times, and DMX flips so many times. That's very hard to keep track of. He ultimately is a He's dirty like, cop. I'm a drug dealer. No, but I'm actually a computer genius, working with internal affairs to sell drugs to dirty cops who are pretending to be good cops. That's it. To save his brother. Yes. To save who was framed by these dirty cops. Who he's pretending to be cousins with. Yo, man. Okay. Because I promised I'd be my brother's keeper. Yeah. 
Yeah, I keep know, that's my a good promises. <laughs> that's yeah, a good what? one. Yeah. Hey, let's actually give it up for the real Keith David non Seagal MVP of this movie. It's DMX, you guys, right? DMX was really good in this movie. He ran with he's, Seagal. He's got some moves, too, in terms of fighting. He did, he did some pretty cool moves. Yeah, he did. He did. In that scene with the dirty cop and Seagal. So Seagal busts up what he thinks is a heroin deal between DMX and the dirty cop, mm-hmm. who wind up actually being on other sides of the law, we find out in the Even end of the movie. Even though they're pretending to be together. Seagal busts it up. They <laughs> fight a little bit. DMX does this sweet running up the wall kick. Do you remember that? Where he's like hanging from the chains. Yeah, where yeah. he's hanging from the chains and then gets yeah, out of he there. He like runs off the wall and like tries to kick Seagal in the face. And then Bruno Kirby comes after Seagal <laughs> yeah. with a chainsaw. Yep. And how does that end up? Seagal handcuffs him. Uh, yeah, right. he he gets he gets the he best. Handcuffs up and then he's like pulls out his uh, badge and he's like, you "Just fucked up an undercover, you know, operation." And he's like, "Man, you just tried to murder somebody in cold blood. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of undercover are we talking about, bro?" Yeah. Does he then find? Did, had Seagal never seen him around the station? Because they so. hang out in the showers all the time. Do they? It's good. The tasing scene, bro. But that was way before that. that. I thought the tasing scene was just because he had to be there. On, uh, yeah, I guess you're Can right. Can we talk like, about this tasing scene uh, as yeah, the most homoerotic like, scene it was like, ever? It was like a fight club, uh, but like tasers. It Between like cops. Weird. And they were getting Let like off on it. So, okay, what's it. happening here is that we're in the men's locker room. Mm-hmm. There are some men that are not wearing clothes, some that are wearing clothes, and they're mm-hmm. all standing around while one person tases the other and sees how long they can take it. It's or the Precinct 15 police station It's I, I mean, what in is, Detroit. What are you guys doing here, Warm man? Warm up like, the showers. And they're gambling <laughs> on it, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah right, right. Those guys are, like, getting so intense throwing money down. Did you yeah, realize that? They yeah. were, like, like, jumping up and down and being like, yeah, I got three bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Smitty, I believe you exp- exclaimed Beefcake City <laughs> Because things, so Bruno Kirby has his Ivan Drago uh, Ron Weasley Kind of bad guy henchman oh, fellow he's with pretty big dude The big cop who gets after it with Seagal He tases Seagal at a higher setting Than he said he would dude, he, he took it up to Max did he, did he kick it to the Max? Yeah, dude TJ Max? Oh, I've shopped at TJ Maxx. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to TJ Maxx. Hey, guys. Sponsor good shirts. So then Seagal flips it on him and tases him. They get into a little brawl and it's broken up by Spawn himself. Michael J. White. J. White. Michael J. White. And I believe this is the moment you said, oh, Beefcake City. Because he catches um, <laughs> Ivan Drago guy yep. with, a, with a, the hook of his elbow. And they do almost a Rocky and Apollo style program. Oh, yeah. Yep. And it's just these muscly, oily dudes Huge just getting dude. after Huge. each other. Getting after it. Mm. Seagal mm. loving every second of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I would say it, it almost rivals the uh, volleyball scene of Top Gun. Yeah, it's but. it's that level. It's that level. Game. <laughs> this this whole thing is on YouTube, we believe. So if you if you want to catch some oh, of yeah, that, we recommend is, yeah. that you see this movie. And especially that, that taser scene. It was also on TV today, a couple hours before we were going to watch it, which is just awesome. like... It was meant to be, boys. Uh, you guys don't understand, man. We've That's got a sign some. from above. Do you, would you guys be down for some like taser gambling? Yeah, dude. Maybe. I think it's if you fall to your knees. Yeah, no, that's you what lose, it is, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Can okay. we all tase? We might have to get into that. Are we we'll tasing each other? Maybe start a little Facebook group. Or okay. Should we tase all our guests that come in later? Yeah, let's tase our some yeah. of our guests. That's a good idea. Oh, Kona okay, would be okay. great for that. Okay. <laughs> Flav, what's up? Do you have any faves? You know I do. Smitty, hit that shit. Flames, flames, good segue, guys. 
several of mine have already been used. In We're talking about the best lines from <coughs> this movie. It's okay. You can you can say them again. Exit wounds. Two thousand. There's a lot that were. Yeah, I mean, I had the uh, one coming from Bruce McGill, of course, about not following orders and being unimaginable, (laughs) or unmanageable, rather. He is also unimaginable as well. <laughs> what about the one from from uh, <laughs> when he breaks the desk in the counseling scene? He's talking about oh, how I got happy it. he yep. is. Let's hear it. I got it. All right. Just to be clear, I don't have rage. I'm a happy guy. See this face? This is a happy face. You'd all be lucky to be as happy as I am. Literally after breaking this desk apart into pieces, and he's saying this in front of several other people who have anger management issues. <laughs> And then when he comes outside, actually, this is right after that scene. He goes outside, and he's kind of going back and forth with the guys. He's like, oh, I can show you how to get in and out real quick to the people who are trying to um, break into his car. And one of the guys goes, you a magician? And he goes, yeah, you want me to show you how to pull a rabbit out of your ass? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Like, All right. That's a really good All one. Right. Um, and then I think... <laughs> I, some of them were Anthony Anderson lines yeah, from what he, he had he some good great. ones. Yeah, yeah. He There's had some, some really good ones. I'll let you guys do some ones as well. But um, some of the ones that I liked were when he was watching Miss Johnson, another uh, customer at the Ferrari shop or the whatever shop they had. I couldn't. I, you guys should figure out what car that was. That was a really sweet. It was a. Uh, it was a Lamborghini. It was a Lamborghini. Diablo, okay. I oh believe. my god! What a oh, great this car. Was a very uncomfortable scene. Yes, it with was. With between DMX and Anthony Anderson <laughs> going in to buy a very let's nice w- car. Let's talk about this scene in a second. Okay. Because that deserves its own little part. Mm-hmm. But Anthony's essentially he's in this car and he's like wa- like looking at this like older like white like very proper primed up like. Lady, and he's just like, oh, Miss Johnson got a fat ass. <laughs> and he oh, just, yeah, like, yeah, keeps yeah, looking right, at her. I forgot about that. And then the guy's like, oh, like, it's actually two, like, you know, DMX is like, how much is it, 200000 And the guy's like, actually, it's two eighty five. And Anthony's like, you better suck and fuck me for two eighty five. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a good one, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, of course, my favorite of all time has to go to uh, Steven Seagal, where he's in the passenger seat with his sexy commander up front right before she... Uh, Right before she just bites it, but oh, they terrible. they kind of roll out of them. They don't roll out. They fucking drive full force out of this building through the mm-hmm. window. They <laughs> land yes. quite nicely, I thought. She's driving. He's the passenger in this situation. And he just turns to her and he says very calmly for just like coming out of a, like a five-story building. He's like, mm-hmm. I always said women were bad drivers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was pretty rough. It's like, Stephen, it's 2001. That's a joke yeah. for... 1922. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, Steve, what, I, what are you doing, man? I do really like the scene when that commissioner that we were just talking about, or the commander, is that her yeah, name? Commander. Yeah, commander. When she's out okay, on a he... date, and oh we, we were going God. crazy yes. during the yeah. scene. What are you doing with She's dating guy? the Caucasian Jimmy Smith. Yeah. And so... <laughs> Seagal and Raj, I think you called something out like, uh, no, I was Stephen was there, and, and Smitty said, of course Stephen is there right now. And then yeah. there's an immediate cut to Stephen standing at their table, <laughs> not even walking in. Table. He's just standing at their table like a sneaky waiter. <laughs> he's already there. Yeah, um, he's and then he, he tells he tells the, Jimmy, the Caucasian Jimmy Spitz to take a hike. Um, and so he sits down with the commander, and they have a very flirty thing going on. But he's saying that I found out that they're crooked cops. That, yeah. You know, he's explaining the plot but the of the movie first to her. Thing before talking business, though, he says, "What are you doing with this guy?" Yeah, he does. He the does. The very first line. Hey, Commander, what are you doing with this guy? Very flirty. Like, anyway, and professional. I've got, 
Yeah, yeah. What are you doing with this guy? By the way, our lives are both in jeopardy yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, exactly. I've discovered he that. He doesn't even wait for the answer. Like, what if she wanted to flirt back? He just went right into business. Like, fucking Christ. Or and she says, you know, you, I need proof. Bring me something solid. And he goes, I am something solid. <laughs> Again, flirting in the middle of the situation where they, their lives are in danger right now. Yeah. No, definitely. But I enjoyed that quite a bit. I also really enjoyed the Anthony Anderson line. He's a club owner. Yeah. And so he's talking to some his sexy bartender in the club uh, and talking about okay. how they're going to get together and, she, you know, she wants it or something like that. They, they had a good little relationship right there. Great little. And he says, dude, I love and this. So he's, and he and Seagal are not on good terms. No. Seagal's about to come into his club. He's flirting with the bartender. So he starts his line by saying, by the end of the night, you just might... And then he turns and sees Seagal entering his club, and he goes, fuck me. (laughs) So it's by the end of the night, you you might just fuck me. (laughs) And she enjoys the heck out of that. She's like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But he is fearing for his life because of Seagal. I mean, you'd be crazy not to fear for your life from Seagal. When Seagal enters the room, you're in trouble. (laughs) Um, Okay, so. I saw Danny Trejo running at the beginning of Pistol Whip. I've seen Danny Trejo run from this Uh, man. Um, One line I have a quibble with, and I feel like I've heard it before. So we're dealing with heroin in this movie, which is a shitty drug. Um, But was it Mark for Death? Which one had Danny Trejo in it? uh, Was it Mark for Death or Pistol Whip that had Danny Trejo in the beginning running away from him? We'll have to go to the archives. uh, Shit. Yeah. Tweet us. Let us know. (laughs) Yeah. Tweet us. Let us know the movies that we've seen. Um, At Seriously Seagal. Somebody says at some point about a large quantity of heroin. Looks like somebody's having a big party. Uh, it like I feel it like you don't that, say that about heroin. That weed, yeah, right. <laughs> that's that's like a coke joke. Yeah, yeah. If, if yeah. it's cocaine, it's that's coke the joke, joke you make. Right but yeah, it's dude, not a big party. People throw heroin parties. That's not a thing, right? I don't know. I feel like everyone would just be kind of conked out, sure, and, like sure sitting on the couch, somewhere. like. Ugh. Do you guys remember? This was a weird moment from the movie when Seagal finds those kids bound and gagged. What was that? It what wasn't was like bring your that? kids to work day for the janitor. I yeah, don't know. Like, he my was daughter's like, in there. Yeah, he's. Hey, what is your daughter? And then doing he goes and saves office? the daughter, and he calls <laughs> her made, Maria. That made no sense. What I was good so confused. Skills. I clean, she clean. Oh God. So basically, it was a, uh, it was um, uh, uh, Piper Technologies or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a company that no, somehow you know what? Actually, had I'm going to explain this right? right now. Take us to Flavors of the World, and I'll tell you what was going on right okay. there. Okay. I'll tell you what was happening in that scene. Take me to Flavors of the World. Flavors of the World. I'm Keith B. David. Thanks, Keith. <laughs> I didn't know Keith was here today. See you guys. Bye, Keith. So I know P. Bert. Actually, I'm going to let this play because I love this music. Raj is a big fan of not talking over the music. Would just you? to explain that to just everybody. We'll be sitting just to here talk for, over the we'll, music. We'll sit here for a couple minutes then. If you, if is that a pull. couple minutes long? <laughs> oh, let's shit, make, let's make a pack not to talk over the music for Flav's segment here. Okay. We're here. We're here in the Flav's segment. Is that something of the like a good idea? I mean, I can talk with it in the background. That'd be kind of <laughs> cool, too. <laughs> Fuck. All right. <laughs> Flavors of the world. <laughs> I want to talk about Detroit. And how it's picked itself up. Because when we see Detroit in this movie, it's mm-hmm. like shitty. Like everything. And I, and I know you're going to talk about this in a second, P-Bear. So I'll let you talk more about it. But That's all I'm going to say. That's all I have I, to say. I, I, I want to say that it has picked itself up because even before it like crashed when like, you know, in the height of the automotive industries and all that kind of stuff, like 
they were hardworking people in Detroit, right? It was just it was a city of hardworking people, and I think that's exactly oh, yeah, what was portrayed here Preaching. with this guy bringing his family to work because he's like, listen, like, listen, bitches, you gotta know how hard I work, all right? Because like, mm-hmm. I can't be doing this. Like, this girl's got a quinceanera. This next person's got a quinceanera. <laughs> I mean, they're all women there. I don't know what I'm supposed <laughs> to say, but I can't pay for this because I'm a janitor. <laughs> and so, you know, you bring your family to work. You teach them hard work. You get them to scrub and dub a little bit. And then, you know, next thing you know, you're in the middle of an active shootout with yeah. Steven Seagal. So, you know, just another day in Detroit. But the goalie hardworking the families. <laughs> hardworking families is what I'm getting to. Yeah. Tweet us, hashtag Detroit, hashtag hardworking families. I don't know about their police force, though. No. Oh, God, no. no. The biggest question mark no. for me. I didn't even see any difference in, uh, like, you know, gender or race differences in how they were. They were just inept all over the board. I also, they, they need terrib- to stop. And, oh, and corrupt, obviously. not Very corrupt. Not. They're always leaving dumpsters in the road for people to crash into, too. They that happens love maybe that. two or three times in this movie. Yes. That's well, how the cars crash into And only dumpsters. Michael J. White knows how to work out. In that entire police, like what? What are your training partners doing? You're leaving them behind, man. Like what? What is (laughs) happening? Why is nobody else as buff as you? He is ripped. (laughs) Speaking of Detroit, we need to get into it because when we first knew we were doing this movie and that it was going to be co-starring DMX and a large African American ensemble cast, we all kind of shuddered a little bit given Steven Seagal's past racial history in some fair. of these movies. Very fair. Um, we thought there was going to be an accent coming. 100%. Yes. Seagal has yeah. a tendency to kind of speak in a certain voice when he's dealing with certain groups of people. When he saves that little Hispanic girl, he does call her Maria. You know, oh he, he can't God. help but do it. it it's, it's, very, it's a very odd thing. And right after that scene, he's, he's look, he is with an African-American police officer and a white police, police officer, and they're looking yeah. at film of DMX committing this bank robbery, right? Um, or this heroin, heroin yep. bust. Um, and it's a very odd moment, actually. Um, I know exactly what you're talking when about. When they say, okay, we can see his wristwatch. And then Seagal says, and we know he's black. And there's just a there's just a pause yep, where nobody says it. anything, that's and that's it. pretty much the end of the yeah, scene. Yeah, um, I would actually, aside from that, applaud Steven Seagal in his performance in this movie. Um, yeah, because he is not completely uncomfortable. While we're here in Flavors of the World, let's go back to what we needed to discuss, which yes. is that segment in the Lamborghini store. Yes, yes. Between this, well, between Anthony Anderson and uh, this and more, DMX. Like, what, and DMX. Well, I'm trying to describe this. I was like, what would you say? He's like a like a like a like a polite like an upper class. He, guy. he like, is. What is he supposed to portray? He's an like, African American. Gentleman who's not acting black enough, quote unquote, sure, yeah. for DMX and Anthony Anderson. Yes, and uh, there is a sense of unreality to him. He's a quote unquote <laughs> Uncle Tom character. Absolutely, right. um, absolutely. And it is, it is, it is uncomfortable it's to so watch. Weird, um, because Anthony Anderson and DMX are kind of come in yelling and being loud people and commenting on this other woman's ass, uh, while this gentleman who is just too proper and very uncomfortable and very uncomfortable that they're going to say, hey, brother, help a brother out to him. Yeah. You can tell that there's just thinks that they're like street thugs with no money and he's just like, oh, like, right. You know, like, yeah, that too. And so when they show him the money, right, exactly. And when they show him the money it's at like, the oh, end, well, they he, can't he's just being like really down, like down on them the entire time. He's like, oh, like blah, blah, blah. He has right. a weird accent to the way he's saying it. Like, right. He's, he's a very, uh, he's very much an affect. It's not yeah. him. Um, Anthony Anderson blasts some music on the car radio in, inside the store. Mm-hmm. Then DMX starts a car. The, he's asking for the keys, and then the white guy salesman gives him the keys, and yep. just because he thinks DMX is cool or something. Yeah. So DMX starts the car. Like, 
Like he likes that the the white dude didn't judge him and like gave him the permission to turn on the car and was like, yeah, this guy probably has money given that he walked in with this gigantic other dude carrying a bag. Right. You know, when you walk into a store wearing sunshades and a wife beater, (laughs) you probably know what you're doing. Like you got to be rich. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't happen every day. Like you probably know you have money to buy something in there. He's like, keep the change for commission. Right. He gives and him like, three hundred grand. Oh, that was and the, the guy's just like part. gives him like a knowingly nod, like yeah. But and like the, after when the when the like so the African American salesman is yeah. now has been stripped of his his white garments basically yep. and is now like, hey homie, call me yeah, brother. He's like, you I'm know, your man. I'm yeah. your man. And it, it's like, dude, what? Is and that's this? supposed to be a funny scene, but I think in 2015, it just it was painful to watch. Uh, you think it was funny in 2001? Awkward. I mean, it had to be. Awkward. It was the highest grossing film of the weekend. Very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that must have been a funny scene if this was the highest grossing <laughs> yeah. movie of the weekend. That's very logical. I love you, Stephen. We love you, Stephen. Good job. <laughs> yeah, and, and just actually all, all the actors in this movie are pretty great, yeah. I would say. The most uh, racist person in the movie is that black car dealer guy <laughs> against his own people. Yes. Well, that's the thing. Which is, that is the weirdest thing. He didn't yeah. write that, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. That's They're fair. setting that, right? That's Do fair. you know what I mean? Um, should we talk about some, some neeks? Oh my god, I'd love to. Do you want to get into some of the techniques of this film? Yes. Talking neeks with the brown man, speaking of not being racist. It's neeks cool, with the brown. brown man. If anybody nine episodes deep has been wondering like, or feeling awkward about that, I'm, I'm aware that I'm brown. <laughs> so there you go. Questions answered. Um, yeah, there's some good neeks here. Uh, there's a couple couple breaks that Smitty will talk about later, but um, a, lot, a couple like hand fighting. There's some interesting throws that he had. He threw the one guy into the car, which is really sweet because you don't see a lot of that in Seagal. You see him kind of like throwing people into like grocery items and <laughs> liquor stores, <laughs> yeah. but you don't see like the just straight up like launching somebody into a car. It's usually they're like semi standing up and he like kind of throws them down but this guy was right. straight up flying into that car which is pretty sweet that was in the rainbow coalition yeah, fight got some outside got some air. yeah one for the cuckoo's nest yes <laughs> that's exactly where that was um <laughs> there was a really good uh break over his shoulder where he broke the guy's elbow i'll be doing that on p bear later and like immediately uh, after ooh. broke the guy's knee which is pretty sweet so a lot of just straight up breaks through kind of like a smashing way versus his other techniques have been in the past movies. He breaks them, but it's through more kind of controlled, like straight up technique. This is more just like I'm striking a joint for it to smash through. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, versus applying a specific leverage or yeah. force to cause it to smash. So a little bit more just kind of blunt force, high impact. The one that I gotta like just point out though is when he does. It's this again in the same street thugs moment where he's outside of his car and he jumps onto one hand and cartwheel kicks the dude in the face. That was legit that technique. Was amazing. That was ridiculous. not by Seagal. I do not oh, believe no. he can pull no. that up. Oh no. no I believe no. a young capoeira artist or somebody like Anthony Showtime Pettis, for example, from the UFC lightweight ex champion, he could do it. He has done it. I don't think a however fifty year old or so Seagal at this point could pull that off. But Maybe I it appreciate the... him attempting it in his movie. <laughs> he definitely had wire help. He yeah. had one hand on that. I saw he had one hand. He was down there for scenes. something. Yeah, he, uh, that move. He also avoids a gunshot 
yeah. to the head. Yes. Yep. Very, very quickly. Yep. Which it was, was a pretty... And he does a few times in the movie, he just does a few leans to the side. Oh, yeah, dude. And then he's suddenly avoiding oh, yeah. maybe some pipes being thrown at him or, or whatnot. Oh, yeah. Was, wasn't the gun, like, pointed, like, directly on his, like, temple? Yeah, and he it was just, a really like, cool shot. And he, he just, like... Back. Moves he moved back. back yeah. <laughs> and the guy moves He moves back. Then, of course, the sword play at the end, which is... Oh, it it nice. kind of combines the talking neeks and overcooked eggs where, like, again, they find themselves in a factory of some sort with these, like, items just around. You know what I mean? Like these Very so, industrial like, why, setting. It's like, always about ending up in the industrial setting. Why would you have two swords setting. in the first place, wherever they are? Like, what are they doing with those <laughs> swords? It, wh- whoever is manufacturing those things. But also big ups to Michael J. White for this scene because he yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Um, and he does that. he does that scimitar flip at one uh, yeah, that that's got to be some wire work. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That's but it was, it was really cool. But it was pretty yeah. sweet having the upside-down samurai sword battle versus Seagal was upright, of course. I don't think they could have done wire work for that. No, I don't think Seagal can fit into a wire harness <laughs> at, at this point anymore. <laughs> yeah. But, but that, um, that one move was so amazing. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. This had different kinds of battles. There's more gun battles and things like that, a little bit different than his usual movies, which have more techniques. But... Um, why don't you bring your elbow over here for me to break, people? What are we gonna do exactly here for the for the fine so this folks is at home? So this is just an armbar that he did. It's um, I'll wait for Smitty to talk about it, but essentially it was in the beginning of the movie, I believe. I don't know. He can he can clarify, but it was an armbar over the guy's shoulder, over his shoulder. Stephen Seagal mm-hmm. is basically okay. um, shoulder to armpit with the guy, okay. and he pulls it over his hand. Uh, a little bit down the shoulder, like you're putting on a seatbelt, essentially. So okay, yep. Okay, I have my arm over your shoulder. Yep. So you're draped oh over God. the shoulder. Okay, yeah. Just gonna pull it down like a rock oh. in a seatbelt. <laughs> Sorry, was that too hard? Oh, I Sorry. love the pain. Um, yep. So that is just a straight up armbar, but again, a little bit more brute force. Than Sorry about that. Stop, 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 That's why they call you Snappy, I bet. Snapping with Mr. Spitty. Snapping with Mr. Spitty. Let's go to Snapping with Mr. Spitty. I think people need to send you. Snapping with Mr. Spitty. Sorry about that. I always do that. Listeners, why don't you stop me? Snapping with Spitty. Snapping with Spitty. I want this one round a little bit. Snapping, was snapping, was snapping, was snapping. So good. Oh, yeah. All right, Smitty. All right, so. What do you got for us? Okay, so we had we had a few snaps in this one. We weren't goose-egged, which is always good. Um, yeah. So actually, you know, kind of towards the beginning, we had three snaps in one fight scene. Uh, and that was the fight scene that ensues right after Seagal destroys his his chair during that therapy <laughs> session does and that like storms out the door. <laughs> We've been talking no, about this not. scene a lot. We have. It's, it's, <laughs> that is so sick. We're going back to it. We're actually we're going right after that. So okay. basically he walks outside. These guys are trying to break into his car. He's like, oh, let me help you boys out with that. Or he's like, you're taking too long, you know, mm-hmm. you know and, and does his thing and he just opens it up with his little uh, remote there. And then, you know, obviously a fight ensues. Um, so for this scene, I counted one, you know, elbow snap. Yep. As Raj was just talking about. Oh, tell me about it. Uh, okay, that was the one. There was also a really good leg break. Okay. He, like, kicks some guy's leg, and it just 
bent in half. We should try that sometime. Um, yeah, let's save that one for oh, next yeah. week. Okay. <laughs> and then also we got some fingers in there too as well. Someone's hand. So we had three right there. Um, and then the other one happened at the club where he's battling the bouncers at oh, uh, yes. Anthony Anderson's club. That was a great Or should scene. I say TK, the character's name's club. Uh, Raj uh, also called uh, how as that painting shot went around the club, we were seeing all the uh, all the, bouncers. the bad guys that Seagal was going to have to fight. Yeah, it was exactly. amazing. Yeah, it was like totally this big dude's going to go like down. Their this introductions. Dude, dude like when he was like punching people one. with the chains. Oh, my God. It was great. It was so insane. much broken glass. Anthony Anderson commenting from the side. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Oh, Jesus. Um, so one in there? How many in there? So one there. Just another another leg kick similar to the uh, other fight. So we had four total snaps in this movie. Really? That's it? Yeah. I was I was hoping for a next snap you, or man, something towards the end. But not, yeah, it was yeah. a lot more gunplay. All in the first half of the movie, too. Right? So all you, all you gamblers out there who took the under. We're going under again. We might have to going move under. the line at some point. But the line is probably going to have to be moved. to probably. I'm going to have to say four and a half from now on. Okay. Four and a half? Is that okay. five and a half? Folks, listen but up. There's a new line for the there's snap a new line. Mr. Smitty. Vegas, pay new attention. Line. We're going to four and a half. We're going to four and a half. When there was, a, there was a moment, this is random, but there was a moment where it seemed like heroin was being transported through T-shirts. It was. It was. Did, it, was yeah, it ultimately? Yes, it was. I, I was mean, like, was, how do you get yeah. it back was out of the DMX T-shirt, doing Was DMX I selling heroin? Yes. Okay, so how... And how, how is he like getting off from all this, like without like he's just framing getting the cops. in trouble? Or he's yeah, just, is that basically what's happening? Or he's not framing the cops. The cops are crooked. Yep. Yeah, but they're all trying to make money off of it. I don't and understand. Like, and he's working with Internal Affairs. Like, yeah, it's, it's so it's it's he it's convoluted. He leaves this part up to Eva Mendes. She deals with the details. <laughs> oh, one of my I favorite lines to Eva. Something I forgot about Eva Mendes. She's my lawyer. When she comes back at the end and she's with DMX. She's so hot. She'd been in one scene prior doing her hacker thing and basically explaining that they have iMovie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Seagal sees her again. For, for 2001. Yeah, 2001. It's pretty, pretty damn good. good. Seagal damn good. sees her again and he goes, you. And she says, good memory. <laughs> he didn't say her name. <laughs> Is that the joke? That That's probably the joke, right? Like, awesome. like, she's like, oh, well, yeah, good Wait, memory. You don't know I was not delivered no. like a joke. No, it's. It, uh, I don't know if she knew what was happening in this it's movie. Really, like. Why is she in this movie besides what I said and keeping track of his multi-million dollar company? But we don't need to know about that. But that's it's, cool. It's but those heroin t-shirts, I was imagining us accidentally getting hold of one of those t-shirts oh, Jesus, and wearing them and passing out on the couch. Mine be an acid t-shirt instead. <laughs> He's just sweating so much. You wear it at, like you wear it at a show. It was just my like heroin t-shirt. Like, oh. I was also, th- uh, there were a few extraneous things in this movie. It could have been about half an hour shorter maybe and it would have been just as good. Um, yes, yeah. The scene where the crooked cops are all hanging out together talking about sports. And saying baseball is better than football or don't talk shit about baseball. That's un-American. At the bar and drinking beer. What what did we get out of that scene? Nothing. nothing. Literally nothing. It was literally like a minute and a half long, too. It was, it, you know, it, it wasn't like anything developed from that. It nothing was just like a quick shot that. between all these guys and they're like, no, hockey's better. No, baseball's better. I like football. And then Michael and then J. Some, White he's like, s- kind of silences everybody by talking about <laughs> Muhammad Ali. Yeah. I think... There, they did a good job throwing us off his trail. Yes, yes. In this movie, because he also calls out Bruno Kirby in the weight room, right? And says, "Hey, 
little man, if you're just going to come here to work your mouth muscles, why don't you, you know, scram, bud? But then we later find out that they're really the, the two pulling all the strings. But it also, it, it, like, the way they portray it is that he's coming into, like, the defense of Seagal. Yeah, that's right. In, mo- in both of those cases. So you're like, oh, this guy's going to be, like, you know, yeah, on Seagal's very side. Very interesting that like the one time they don't they foreshadow, unlike in Hard to Kill, where they do the Lord's Prayer... Right. Yes. And exactly. Like, it's like this is foreshadowing. We're all about to die or get shot at. This time they kept us off the trail of Michael J. White. Speaking of hard to kill, uh, can we take it to Island of Alternate Endings and get take into some of the away, alternate endings? Smitty. I have a billion alternate Let's endings. Hop on movie. that train. Welcome to the, the island, island of alternate, of alternate endings. endings. It's me, Screwface, about to kill. Screwface! There's a character we haven't even talked about yet who is Seagal's best friend, George. Oh, yeah, George. In this movie. George. Played by Isaiah Washington. Oh, yeah. We haven't even mentioned him. (laughs) Yeah, that's We all thought he was going to (laughs) die. We all thought he was going to die. Well, Or at least I did. There's one scene, like his introduction, he's like, yeah, just got been married for five years, like next week, I got a newborn baby, like, life's been really good to me, man, I'm... I'm just real happy right now. Like, I, I like, oh, this guy's going to die for he sure. He doesn't really show up until about halfway through the movie, kind of. Yeah. Um, and his int- he gets introduced, but then later he shows up at Seagal's houseboat <laughs> to wake up Seagal, wake up his new best friend to go to work yeah, together. They're so P-Bear and the Brown Man. They're P-Bear and the Brown Man. Who's, which one's which? <laughs> Ooh, I think, I, w- I think you would be Seagal. Okay. And I would be... George? Yeah. <laughs> but he wakes up Seagal. Seagal immediately... Wakes up with a start and turns and just yeah. points a gun at him. He says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Just trying to my new. I'm, you're just my new best friend." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's we're, he's like a brown man. We're buddies from now on, and I I hope I don't die. Yeah. That's so where are we eat breakfast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How do you like your pancakes? Yeah. So later in the movie, he we see George's gorgeous wife and his beautiful She's newborn son like, or daughter. Do what you gotta do, baby. And Seagal is essentially pulling him into this, uh, you know, perhaps suicide mission shootout ending. He's like, you going to help me here or what? Yeah, but it's, one, it's one of those. Die. Hashtag suicide train. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag suicide train, of course, from episode one, Under Siege 2, <laughs> Dark Territory. Um, so what I would have liked to have seen, okay, and speaking of hard to kill, okay. is something like... Getting pistol whipped? <laughs> something like sorry, getting sorry, pistol whipped. Sorry, sorry. Which he never something does like, in any of the movies, including Do we really whip. see any exit wounds in this? Is that a pun on anything? <laughs> no, because it doesn't go through the bullet when he actually gets shot. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, Jack's shot the best. By like it didn't go through. Through. should be called there not an no exit, exit wound. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, yeah, wait. What the fuck? There was no exit wound. I like no exit dot 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 wound. wound. <laughs> okay. Singular. So George is clearly going to die in this last mission, and then he doesn't. Shockingly, he is one of the heroes. Another he one of the twists. Bill Duke. He, he yeah. storms in with Bill Duke. He storms basically. in with yeah. Bill Duke. He's a hero. He does take one in the shoulder. Seagal at the end says, "They're going to be talking about you with this one. You're a hero now." <laughs> and he goes, uh, "What? Speak up! I can't can't hear what you're saying." My alternate ending: <laughs> George goes down in the battle. The bad guys win. <gasps> okay. What? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. Seagal oh. dies. Michael J. White wins. DMX joins Michael J. White. Puts some sunglasses on, says, I could get used to this. Throws on a heroin t-shirt. Exit wounds to exit wounds ear. George (laughs) is back. Okay? He's on the mend. We thought he had died in that first one. Okay? Okay? But Michael J. White and DMX are after him and his whole family. 
and so here's what it is. It's exit wounds two, hard to kill two. All right? Oh Do you God. get what I'm saying? Oh it's goodness. Exit Wounds 2, the sequel to Exit Wounds, but it's the plot of the movie Hard to Kill, yeah. where George's family is killed. Perhaps his son is not like Sonny Storm. Son maybe gets away, okay. but then he has to see he's in a coma for seven years and then has to seek revenge. That's good. That's my alternate really ending to, oh, wow. uh, to okay. the, uh, this film Exit Wounds, okay. starring okay. George. Because I think... Wow. Again, I would I wouldn't mind seeing this movie without Steven Seagal in it. Is that bad? No. Am I a terrible human being? No, you're not. Yes. Ugh, I knew you were gonna say one hundred percent. Why would you want to see this movie without Steven Seagal in it? Because he's sometimes the worst you actor. Just, yeah. you sometimes you just need just a little bit DMX of a break. Turned out to be an absurdly good actor for some reason. <laughs> Nobody saw he had that some one chops. coming. He had some chops. He did. Do you do you have an alternate uh, ending? Rush? My alternate ending is kind of just like. It's a little convoluted in my head still. Go, go for it. Let's try to let's try to work it out I, with I, you. I, I got one. If you wanna, if you wanna, hold on for a sec. You wanna yeah, go to Smitty? Yeah. Why don't let's hear what Smitty has yeah. to say. Smitty, okay. come on over here. Get, come right, on so over to the island of alternate endings. Throw, on, uh, throw some sunscreen I'm on your beak. Taking my train over. I think he's um, scared of a screw face. Mom. So my oh man, my alternate ending is basically in the shootout at the end where Seagal gets shot. He's mortally wounded. Mm-hmm. Everything else plays out pretty much exactly the same, but then there's like this big, you know, Seagal being like held by Bill Duke. He's like, Bill, hold me closer, closer, closer. <laughs> and then he goes, yeah, it just dies. And then, <laughs> no, 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 but wait, 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 wait. Okay. All right, so then fast forward a bunch of years, and they use Seagal's body for a new RoboCop because mm-hmm. it does take place in Detroit. Mm-hmm. So Seagal is now the, the new RoboCop and is kicking ass on the streets of Detroit, but in with martial arts this time. So that, that I don't know. I love that idea. That's, that's my idea. I want to see that greenlit yesterday. Raj, what do you got here? Right. Come over to the island, pal. Throw on your trunks. All right. I got a good one. I see an alternate ending where when Steven Seagal goes and sees DMX's behind the scenes kind of operation and his internet company and stuff. Try to explain this to me. This is where we find out that DMX DMX is his ex-job, I guess, or whatever, his background job is that he made millions in the internet company and he like got out, I guess, before like the right time before the internet boom or whatever the crash or whatever whatever they're implying happened. and he's he's using his technology to, to track tr- these people and figure video out the camera them and everything like that so right. this is his base to root out the but crooked cops i want to believe that eva mendes for example i already know is running this multi-million dollar corporation but i i i have this image in my head where steven seagal becomes like oddly fascinated with the the, the like econ company that he has like the internet company mm-hmm. and he's just like Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to come back to that, but t- tell me about this thing. What, what is this? <laughs> and he just starts, like, like really just, like, focusing on that and, like, making, like, DMX go out on air. He's like, yeah, I'll catch up with you. And then he just, like, <laughs> hangs around the base and it's just, like, interfering in everybody's work, just like Guy Fieri in a kitchen. And he's just like, like what, what do you got here? What are you... What are you trading stocks and bonds? What are you, what? They're like, uh, why, who, who let him in here? They're like, why is he here? And they're like, DMX is out solving the crimes. And he comes back and like 
Steven Seagal has made some terrible like, investments <laughs> using his company. And he's like, I thought, I thought it was the right time to pull out. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what did you do? <laughs> he's Steven, like, what'd so, you do? I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, so he's like, I shot him a bunch of heroin, too. I'm sorry. I'm, but you like, weren't. Steve <laughs> comes back and Steven Seagal's like, ruined his company and like, shot up a bunch of his heroin. It's just like hanging out. And he's like, Whoa. So your idea is Steven Seagal hanging out on a computer shooting up heroin for the, for the last half hour Not of this movie. Not just on a computer. There's so many different computers. He's going out to so all he the different goes He's pulling a straight Guy Fieri and Diner Drive. So he He's going to everybody's computer and interfering in their work. And just being, now tell me about what you got going on here. And tell me. What if this? Here's, here's, I'm going to get really crazy with this one. So the, the footage that DMX and Ava Mendes have on these computers is footage from the movie that we've already seen. Yes. What if Steven Seagal gets in there, gets obsessed with just playing around with these computers, <laughs> and realizes that he can watch all his movies, and learns to understand that he is a movie stock character, oh and that goodness. he's an actor? Kind of like South Park? Kinda, uh, or like um, Last Action Hero, I'm kind of oh, thinking yeah, of. Oh, yeah, Last Action <laughs> <laughs> Remember that movie? Yeah, of course. I love that movie. And then Seagal just realizes that he's a, he's a character, and then he steps through the screen into our living room. And does our podcast with us? Oh, I would love love that. And he's drinking a Pepsi, and he's wearing scent of action cologne, and he brought us all Wendy's. Oh man! (laughs) And we were gonna fly away in a helicopter named Skippy. (laughs) (laughs) I flew it on my Skippy. What what is the ending to this movie? Can you guys explain it to me? Uh, It gets wrapped up nicely with a nice little bow in like thirty seconds at the end. Yeah, they're just like, well. Good job. We They're killed like, your everyone. Your wouldn't come out free anyway, so I did it myself. And then he's just like, yeah, thanks. But even just going... So remember when he gets kidnapped? Who? Seagal. Seagal by the cops. Yeah. By the crooked cops. Right. And then he takes them out of the van. He takes them out of the van. Yeah, they, they all get out. The van is on fire, oh, but yeah, they're still they all, all back at the ending, up. right? None of those guys die, do they? None of them died. Except the driver. Yes. Oh, the driver. Seagal stabs him in, in the neck. Uh, no, the other guy stabs him by accident, right? Oh, right. Seagal disarms well, him, or not disarms him, but Seagal redirects him, rather, with can, his feet. Can we bring it to another segment right now? Sure, can we go yeah. to the bad, yeah, of course. badder, and the worstest? Because I got some bones to pick. Oh, oh B-Bear. Shit. With these bad guys. B-Bear's got bones to pick. Pick my bones. Okay. These bad guys are pretty bad. They're pretty inept. Starting at that scene, I mean, there's there's a lot of things you could say about this plan that makes no sense. Um, for, you know, a billion times, just kill Seagal. I mean, talk about <laughs> right, an overcooked yeah, egg. Jesus. Don't don't kidnap him. Don't. don't. Why, what what are you doing? So here, but yeah. here's one for me. Why do you take your masks off in front of him once oh, you've kidnapped? Yeah, him? yeah right. Yeah, it, it, that was just it, so the audience can see. No, because movies. Yeah, because no. movies. Uh, those guys. Those guys. They really bugged me. Um, th- there was another time when, okay, so when Seagal is escaping with the commander, and yeah. she says, I, you know, essentially, again, I need proof to know that these are the crooked right, cops, right. that these guys are bad. There's really not that much proof against them. Seagal is off on his own island. He seems a bit loony to some of these authority figures. Then the bad guys show up and start shooting. And so... Like, and I love proof. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, he says, exactly. is that There's proof enough proof, for yeah. you? Why not just wait on that one? Right? Exactly. It's like killing the priest in, in uh, Pistol Whip. Oh, just, just at the moment when we weren't sure if these th- cops were bad guys, the cops do something they, terrible. They, yeah. And it's very clearly. Yeah. 
Well, she she didn't survive to actually, you know, do anything. Yeah, that about was pretty it, tough. So. What'd you guys think about that? That was that pretty was, brutal. Honestly. That was a they Which show one? a shot of this uh, Where lovely Mul- woman Mulcahy's face getting smashed into yeah. the windshield. Poor, oh, poor woman. <laughs> Catherine Zeta Jones. Because I wanted her and Seagal to hook up. I bet you did the it off camera. Skip it, skip it, skip it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he, he banged her dead body. Is that what you're saying? Oh, oh, man, the actual actors. Oh, Seagal, oh, the actress. Oh. They probably banged. Are you seeing Seagal's character went back to the scene of the crime <laughs> yeah. and went back? These women <laughs> find Seagal repulsive, dude. No yeah, way. Oh, no, dude, she was into come on her podcast. Seagal. Commander <laughs> was like kind of into it, man. <laughs> Commander was into it. She no. You know, she definitely she, checks out his butt a few times. She yeah, she him, does. Man. But can you guys even track just that last whole sequence? I mean. We find out the, the scene with DMX and Ava Mendez really reminded me of the architect scene from Matrix 2 where we find out that the world is not what we realized it was. And then there's oh, a shootout man. and then the, there's a car crash and then he's on a motorcycle doing a wheelie right after the car crash and his love interest dies. He, he's looking around. He and hurdles thought, a moving car. <laughs> we forgot to talk about that. He hurdles a moving uh, fucking car. That's the end of that motorcycle scene, right? Yes. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he also drives, does a controlled slide. He drives through alleyways for a good solid five minutes. How long are these alleyways? <laughs> yeah. They're pretty long. He finally comes to the stop. The car chasing him. How does that car lose its roof? How, what, how does that happen? Because there's um, like some sort of a there's thing. There's like a garbage truck or something like has like something lowered a little bit. Yep. So like it takes off the top of their car. It slices right. it clean off, including Along their with heads. their heads. <laughs> right. It takes off their heads. And then he slow-mo jumps over the speeding car with and his back to the wall. Crashes behind him into the back of the alley wall. <laughs> So just does it so does it get better than that? No, it's no, Steven it motherfucking Seagal, man. How many episodes is it gonna take? <laughs> you know, he's, he's you the greatest. Know, he's the man. He's the man. I was just thinking that. Thank God, like Detroit's garbage is a blessing and a curse because it helps him in that circumstance, but it killed. Oh, he yeah. killed the commander killed lots of people. just before that. He jumps over a Taurus. He calls Bruce McGill. He says, "Come join me on my quest to solve this." Yep. What, what is Seagal's stake? In this, he doesn't really have. He doesn't. Uh, right? His stake is that he just he just Dude, he wants just gets to, to like murder people. He just wants to be like in the middle of all the action. Dinner at the restaurant, and, like does whatever the hell he wants. That's his stake in this. He just like, loves being above I'm the law. I'm investigating things, so he I'm just going to murder this guy and eat this person's food during his dinner day. <laughs> because like, basically, he gets pissed when he gets demoted to you know traffic the traffic cop. So, cops, he, just so he, he just happen. like goes ape shit and he's like, "Yeah, I want my job back." That's basically his stakes in it. Is just getting. Back to being above everything <laughs> and doing what he wants to do. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But it's not like he that he ever loses that at the same time. You he know? does it to himself. Well, yeah, but it, it's not like he ever loses the thing of of doing what he wants to do. He does that throughout the whole movie. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, the end is is so insane. Do you guys remember DMX's jumping shotgun move, where he it, throws the shotgun awesome. in the air yeah, and it was like tied to and the like, trigger? Yeah. And he gets a few dudes with that one. Oh, yeah, he does. He that was pretty sweet. He winds up looking like a blue man for a second. Uh, <laughs> he covered in the cement. There's a helicopter crash. Okay. At the end, the helicopter is flying away with Spawn on it after Seagal and Spawn's scimitar fight. And then they, uh, yeah. he hooks it onto a pipe on the building, he right? Yeah. The ladder. Yep. And then the ladder breaks. How sweet it would have been if Seagal like ripped that helicopter down? Well, yeah, that would have just been a good it, alternate. Like ending. one ladder string at a time. He's just like yeah, pulling he pulls it towards, it towards him. him. And Michael J. White's like, "What is going on?" And then he eats everything. He <laughs> just eats all of it. All the bad guys, the helicopter pilot, the, the whole helicopter. He just sends it all down his gullet. TMX is like, "Yo, dog, where is everybody?" <laughs> 
<laughs> you got any hot sauce tea? Get out, you ate those people. <laughs> 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 I'm right here. Man, you a dog. Where my dog's at? Oh, there was the uh, cameo from uh, that uh, Rough Rider. I forget the guy's name. Oh. Who was he playing? Dragon, who was playing his Ooh. brother in the prison. He was really good. That was a, that was a Rough Rider. That was Remember the best the acting scene in the movie by far was DMX and his brother in oh, prison. Oh, I didn't realize that was a Rough Rider. Very subtle. Yeah. You know, I noticed that DMX was never, he was portrayed like he could be a bad guy, but he never actually did anything bad. Right, right. And in fact, there's that moment when he's still supposed to be a heroin dealer when he says to Anthony Anderson, I couldn't have done it without you. No, go get my drink, bitch. And they both have a good chuckle about it. I was going, hmm, this doesn't really seem like a bad character. And I bet DMX didn't want to play the big baddie right. in the end. <laughs> I'm sure. He wanted to be on it, be able to team up with Seagal. Kind of like the, what's the Dennis Rodman movie with JCVD? Double Team? Um, Double Team, yeah. It's very team. similar to that, yeah. where there's kind of a switch around at the end. For sure. Yep. Um, yeah, Spawn gets a... a the pipe through his chest. Oh, yeah. He gets Real impaled. Good. And then uh, yep. immediately right after that, DMX There's reverses Bruno Kirby, Bruno Kirby in the showers yeah. and impales him. Yeah. Lots of impalements. I didn't yeah, even think about that. A lot of impalements and smashing into things. Yeah. A lot of, like, he uses a fire extinguisher at one point. We used High the propane impact. tank again. There oh, was yeah. some, good, some good weapon work in this, in this Shotguns. movie. Shotguns. Overall, this was, I would say, in my top three Seagal. This is pretty, in this pretty is entertaining. Pretty good one. Movies. This is a pretty good one. All right. Is there anything else you guys want to say about this one? Um, not really. Uh, I guess just my uh bad guy. Oh, go the, to it. Uh, Bruce Bruce Miguel. Just because he wasn't even in the movie at all, and it, I just thought it was funny. You also, Smitty, called. I, well, that right, his first reverse. appearance. I was just like, oh, these guys are bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it ended up only Bruce Miguel was bad. But it was just like a. It's too easy. Smitty has developed a Seagalian <laughs> sixth sense about Seagal movies, where he can truly predict uh, very. Well, accurately. earlier in the movie, yep. when they when they were eating dinner on that date, I said, uh, "I bet he's going to tell her no police talk at uh, dinner." <laughs> and then the first line out of his mouth was, ah, "Can we just have no uh, police talk?" We're uh, starting to see Seagal <laughs> movies before they happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when you get seriously Seagal. To me. Raj, you have a final thought about this. Oh man, final thoughts. What can I say? Just once again, we're just seeing Seagal at just fine, fine moments. I just really appreciated everything he had here, especially just that we didn't have to see it through his accent, his like black accent that he does. That was good really on you, nice. Stephen. Yeah, but um, next time it's gonna be our tenth episode. Ooh, that's a oh, big one for us, you guys. Yeah. It's oh, we'll have to do something 10. special. Wow. Yeah, I think we will do something you guys special. Like cake. So. Uh, let's get a cake. Because I don't like cakes. So I think we're gonna have a special guest on, aren't we? <laughs> We are going to have a very special guest next week. We're going to have a special guest. And what yeah. movie are we going to do, Flav? We are going to visit 1994, mm -hmm. and we're going to join Forrest Taft. Yes. <gasps> a mystic martial artist oh, slash environmental mystic? agent oh. that takes on the ruthless corporation of oil, including John C. McGinley, Michael what? Caine, what? Billy Bob Thornton. What? Are you serious? Who directed um, it, Raj? Who directed this? Who do you think? I think there's only one man who could direct an environmental action martial arts movie in 1994. Steven motherfucking Seagal. Yeah. Oh my Directed by goodness. It, this, it is his downfall. Is this directorial <laughs> debut? Yes. <laughs> and this is the movie that sent his career on a tailspin. Oh, I can't the wait. The Exit Wounds I almost wait. brought back. Exit Wounds was great, right? 
Yeah. Seagal's career should have been better. <sighs> this after movie this. is not. I thought I was enjoyable, a little convoluted, but enjoyable. I was torn. I wanted. I almost thought our tenth should be something really good, but then I was like, "Are you kidding, dude? That cast?" No, I meant like you know he's got some killer movies we haven't seen yet. I know that's why we gotta save them. Yeah, we gotta <laughs> save them. But um, this is this is not gonna be that. There, there. This one got some pretty, pretty bad reviews, but I liked it. I've right. seen this one before. It's good. I've enjoyed it. All right, Exit Wounds, 2001. It's in the books. We had a great time. My only regret is that the One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest crew doesn't bust in to that warehouse shootout at some point uh, with Tom Arnold leading them yeah. in a puff of smoke and start <laughs> guns a-blazing. But, you know, you can, it's a consummation to devoutly to be wished, yeah. as they say. Damn, that was pretty eloquent, Bear. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. And with that, this has been Seriously Seagal. In this land of frozen beauty, where a proud people make their home, H's Oil is making a killing. The people here want to talk about the poisons in their environment. If H's One is not online and operational in 13 days, then the oil rights will revert back to the Eskimos, and that is not gonna happen. But there is hope. And now, he's here. Steven Seagal is on deadly ground. You're an oil man. But I put out the fires. I stop spills. We are being lied to by some of the most sophisticated people on Earth. I know we've had our disagreements. How much money is enough? I don't need that kind of problem right now. Get rid of the problem. You mean mercenaries? Now this land has a friend. In you, I've seen a great spirit. These people have a warrior. Did you beat up on this little native man? And this corporation... Find me a body or find me the man. ...has a big problem. I mean, who the hell is this guy? Sensei, his company. Company? CIA. Whatever he is, he's a damn problem. Turn them around. Michael Caine. He'd need a miracle to stop us now. Just gonna reach out and touch somebody here. On deadly ground.